Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk podcasts. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. And in this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing the importance of inclusive leadership in today's workplace. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Jana Driver, Chief People Officer at Bluevine. Jana, welcome to the show. Thanks, Susie. It's great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Jana, you dedicate your time and your career to looking at how HR can be the bridge between employees and the organization and building inclusive teams and helping them not only perform better, but also to create a more inclusive and collaborative environment to make these changes sustainable. It's a little bit like constantly bridging the gap between digital and human in terms Mm of human collaboration, which COVID has massively accelerated, of course. I know this is a quest we share, and we met on this topic of inclusion and the human-centered employee experience. You have just been nominated as one of the 33 most innovative HR leaders by Insider. So congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you very Um, much, a team effort. (laughs) Yeah. It was particularly for creating a more legible and equitable workplace. And I would like to take these parts and for you to tell me more about each part and how they fit together. So my first question, Jana, has to be, because it's such a personal question, what is inclusive leadership for you at Bluevine and why is it important? Yeah. Great question, Susie. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a big question too. Right? Yeah. What is what is inclusive leadership? I think it's several things. Number one, I think it's being a leader to all, being a leader to all people in the organization, not just subsets, not just your team, not just certain individuals. Mm. I think being an inclusive leader entails being aware of, of who you are and your own inclinations, your own, your own biases. We all have them. Yeah. And then I would say being an inclusive leader is an active process. It's not, okay, I've achieved it and I am that and then I'm done. Yeah. No, it's something that you yeah. have to continually work on and and really actively, intentionally engage people throughout the organization who have different perspectives and different views than than your own. Mm. And I like the exactly what you say about it's not what I call a tick box exercise. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I've been on a course and now I'm an inclusive leader. And I think that's really important because people of, often see it as something that they can learn in a couple of days. And I think, you know, being a leader for all, as you say, across all levels of the organization is hard anyway. But with the effects of the pandemic, do you Mm -hmm. think that this has accelerated or inhibited this subject? So when I think about 2020 and the pandemic, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to not think about some other things that happened in 2020 because Mm -hmm. 2020 was a year where we had multiple multiple pandemics, if you will, happening at, at the same time, at least here in, in America, where, where I'm based, we had, yes, the you know horrible, horrific you know, COVID pandemic. We mm. also had racial injustices that is another yeah. type of pandemic, um, you know, along with you know, political unrest and other things that were going on. So when I think about the pandemic, I, I am thinking about all of these things, all of the pandemics, plural, that happened in 2020. And I, to answer your question, I think in some ways it accelerated inclusive leadership because Mm -hmm. we became aware of things we were previously unaware of. 
Mm-hmm. And when you know better, you you do better. So I think those were all wonderful things that happened. The Black Lives Matter movement, things like that started to create a consciousness and awareness that I think has been very positive. Now, it was a painful process getting there and the work is clearly not done yet. Yeah. Um, but I think that's done a lot to accelerate inclusive leadership. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the pandemics of 2020 did, in my mind, do a little bit of deceleration when it comes to inclusive leadership. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is we saw a she session. So we saw a number of women leave the workforce and those voices and those perspectives are no longer there. So I do think in some ways um, we moved forward, but I think in other ways we moved backward. Mm. And I love the idea of multiple pandemics. I'd never thought of it like that, but you're right. So much happened um, in Mm -hmm. 2020. Inclusive leadership is hard enough as it is, but if, if you put all those and you layer it one on top of the other, the she session, yeah, the, the fact that mainly women are leaving the workplace also makes it a big subject, I think, and it makes in- inclusion more important now than ever before. I mean, that famous quote from Benjamin Franklin, tell me and I'll forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I will learn, for me, yes. really sums up how to create sustainable inclusion. So involving mm-hmm the different populations and involving the different perspectives and involving the employees in this exercise and listening to their needs. And I know that Bluevine has created an employee-led DNI council that regularly meets. I really mm-hmm. love that idea. And I would yeah. love for you to walk us through how you came to forming this council and you know what their remit is and how the employees reacted to it. Yeah. So um, the the council, as we call it internally, is the BDIC, the Blue Vine Diversity and Inclusion Council. Mm-hmm. And um, the the birthplace of this was um, several several of us um, came together in 2020 and realized, wow, there is so much going on in our in our world. Mm-hmm. We we must do something, um, and we we have to create some type of a forum and place for voices to be heard, but also an accountability arm um, of sorts, right? So a Mm -hmm. part of the organization that looks at statistics and data and really helps us understand how we're doing along the lines of diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging. And so it's it's an employee run and led organization. Mm-hmm. And it's a diverse group of folks. We have people from all of our different offices and all of our different functional groups represented, which is great. There are meetings that happen on a, on a regular cadence several times a month where there are different topics, but we look at statistics. We look at how we're doing. It could be internal surveys. It could be our internal diversity statistics. Mm-hmm. And the the team comes up with ideas and things that we can do to become more equitable, more inclusive. And there's there's a constant re-examining of these things. And uh, they they have access to all of our leadership. They come to our exec meetings and present occasionally. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's been the, the reception internally from our employees as well as our our senior leaders has been really positive. We were mm-hmm. we were hungry for something like this. I think it's, I mean, it's great role modeling, isn't it, of of an inclusive forum where essentially you get what I call deep democracy, which means that all voices can have a say and and can actually be heard. What does that mean for leadership skills and practice? Because it's fabulous, but it's not easy, Mm -hmm. is it? Oh my gosh, it is not easy at all. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> this, this whole growth and development stuff, Susie, yeah. my goodness, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why we like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of one of the wonderful things, but also one of the challenges has been this stark look in the mirror and realizing, well, there are certainly areas that are wonderful and places we are really, really proud of, of the progress and the, um, you know, the work that we do. And, and that's wonderful. At the same time, the BDIC highlights areas that we need to work on, we need to improve on. And that's part of its remit is to do that as a senior leader. It's hard though, right? Because yep. you're, you're looking at information and statistics and, and suggestions and it's just hard stuff um, because you realize, wow, I thought we were doing better than that. Um, mm. Oh my goodness. I mean, the, the good news is it's all very action oriented. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, it's tangible. I'm a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's great because it's tangible, but it does mean that you constantly have to come to something you said at the beginning, have to get deliberate about Mm -hmm. being inclusive and leading inclusively. And how have you gone about equipping your leaders for this more inclusive style? Mm -hmm. Well, so we've started a series of internal workshops that all of our employees go through. So whether they are individual contributors, managers, um, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and it starts with unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. And the goal here is to raise awareness for everyone in the organization and to start to have a shared language for diversity, inclusivity, equity, belonging, and then uh, also creating space for people who have feelings that are unexpressed, preferences, perhaps not having something sit the right way with them, Mm -hmm. creating safety for those individuals to approach their managers and their leaders and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this builds the overall EQ muscle in an organization. I like that. I like the idea of an EQ muscle. I like that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But back to what we said, Susie, this is hard work and it's a very... It's a slow process. It's an intentional one, but it is it is brick by brick having these conversations with with employees, and it takes it takes time. It does take time, and it takes practice, doesn't it? And what, what's the role of HR f- for you in that? Because I often hear, "Oh, inclusion, it's a HR subject." Yeah, we look at the number of women, we look at promotions, we look at retention, and for me, that's not even half the story. If you look at an inclusive workplace, so where do you see HR in in that landscape? Mm-hmm. So I think that we are the folks who help to create the space and the environment for these types of forums and conversations to to Mm -hmm. occur. We are often the champions of the unconscious bias workshops or all of these different sorts of continuous learning, continuing education types of initiatives. But really, we're only creating the the platforms and the the forums for this. It's very much an employee-driven and led journey. Mm. And um, and I think as, as HR, as people professionals, our role isn't to tell people exactly who they are and what they need to do. I think yeah. part of our role is to create the, the forums and spaces for these kinds of conversations to happen. Completely agree with you. And what, what does that mean then for the way that you're going about creating the sort of model that works for you in Bluevine? Because I, I don't think it's a one size fits all. And I think it's really interesting that your employees are so involved and and their voices are so heard in the organization on this subject. How how are you going to create the sort of model that works for you? Or is it just a moving feast for you? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I go back to this isn't a checkbox exercise. It's not a once and done, you know, like this is something that I think is very specific and individual from organization to organization. Mm. And I believe it starts by listening. And we, we heard internally at Blue Vine that there was a need for this. And so then we created this forum on the, the council, the BDIC, and then we've empowered them to really run and run fast. And they come back with ideas, suggestions, and we act on many of them. We don't act on every single one, but the ones that we can do, we certainly do. And we've had a number of initiatives around, it could be, Black Lives Matter, it could be LGBTQIA+, it could be around the anti-Asian crimes that have been happening. We've had a number of, again, beautiful employee-led initiatives that are really positive, and they've done a lot to elevate the importance of inclusive leadership at Blue Vine. Hmm. Is it creating a feel- more of a feeling of belonging across the organization, or yeah. is that belonging split into the groups that work together? How do you see that one? Yeah, I, I do think that it's done a lot for having people throughout the organization feel like they belong, feel mm. psychologically safe, mm. and feel seen and heard yeah. for being who they are. And when you create a space that says, it's okay to be who you are, mm. I see you, I accept you, I value you, and I want your opinion. Mm. I mean, and we were chatting before the show, just to come to a different part of inclusion, where you were talking about the programs you put in place during COVID around subjects like financial literacy and things like that. I would love it if you could explain that a bit more, because I think it's not necessarily put into inclusion normally. And I think it's a, a massive part of an inclusive environment. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we learned in 2020 is that diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging spans and shows up many, many different ways. One of those ways for us was we realized many of our employees didn't necessarily grow up in families and homes where financial literacy was was a topic, saving for a home, learning about 401ks, which is a retirement vehicle. Mm -hmm. And all of these things are not something that everyone had access to growing up. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do as part of our diversity and inclusion efforts is we wanted to give everyone that same foundation of of education and understanding around some of these basic financial literacy concepts. So we worked with some of our um, partners, but also um, people external. So folks who aren't necessarily providers for some of these items Mm -hmm. for us, thought out these people and organizations and crafted Bluevine specific material and had people come in and share about really like the basics of um, wealth creation or like how to how to come up with a personal financial budget, um, how to get out of debt. I mean, all of these types of things, mm. you see the employee response has been overwhelmingly positive. In fact, um, every time we have one of these sessions, the engagement and level of, of Q&A it just goes, it always exceeds the amount of time we have. <laughs> that's, that's fabulous. I was going to ask you what the, what the employee response was. I, I can only imagine how engaged it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it's it, it all, it's wonderful to see our organization investing in people's growth and learning in ways that go beyond just the the work part of them. Like this is investing in them as humans, as people. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important, and it's often not a subject that is 
dealt with by organisations, let alone put under the umbrella of inclusion and diversity. So I, mm-hmm. so I really like that. Let's come to the senior leadership. What do you think your biggest challenge has been in setting up this diversity and inclusion? I'm going to call it approach because it's more than an initiative, clearly. But, you know, what has mm-hmm. been your biggest challenge as senior leaders? Mm-hmm. I think helping everyone, A, understand the business reasons for mm. this. Um, is For all of the HR people, professionals out there, this probably, you know, really, really strikes um, as truth. That continues to be something that I have found helps us move these initiatives forward, meaning mm. At the end of the day, everyone believes in these causes, but to have action and to create the engagement and the um, you know, the metrics, the KPIs, all of these sorts of things, that takes work. Yeah. And time is a finite thing that yeah. we all have. So I, and I'm sure many of us in this space, have to show our, our other senior leaders why this is good for the business. Diverse, inclusive decisions create much better outcomes when you look at the, the mm. statistics than you know, decisions that are, that are less diverse. So I'd say number one is making the business case mm-hmm. that continues to be um, a, a challenge. And then, like I said before, the, the, the actions, these are, these are hard mountains that, yeah. that, that have been forged over time <laughs> that we are deconstructing and rebuilding. That's, that takes a lot of effort. Yeah, and I think the business case is a universal question, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. inclusion is or can be such an intangible subject when when really you can actually make it quite tangible. But to do that, you have to go back to something you discussed at the beginning of the podcast, which is defining yeah. you know, what is inclusion, diversity, equity, mm-hmm. and belonging for, for me, and, mm-hmm. what, and what does it mean for us as an organisation? It would be great if you could share with us your recommendations for leaders and organizations looking to build this type of sustainable initiative around inclusive leadership? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love this idea of the recommendations because it it helps make all of this very actionable. I'm quite (laughs) action biased. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Me too. So um, I have a few thoughts. The first one is, I would encourage folks to do the hard stuff and lean into the discomfort. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's hard and it's uncomfortable, that means you're doing the right thing. That that's where growth lies is in mm-hmm. that discomfort. So mm-hmm. so continue forging ahead. It's your own discomfort, it's the discomfort of of others in the organization. Again, that is where growth occurs. Remember to be kind and have empathy as as we do this, but mm-hmm. do the hard stuff. Number 2 I would say is Create a forum for listening to your people, your employees, and that could be something like the DNI councils. This mm-hmm. could be affinity groups, circles, employee resource groups, whatever whatever flavor that is. It could be through surveys. It could be multiple of these options. But do create a forum for listening because that will help inform you as a as an HR and people leader mm-hmm. about the needs of your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, Number three, I would say, is elevate these topics and the importance of them to your senior leaders. So get in front of your HR leaders, but also the other leaders in the organization, because this isn't just an HR initiative or topic. These Mm -hmm. are things that 
all of us as leaders in an organization need to embrace. And what we are conscious of and mindful of and aware of, we then have a tendency to do something about. And so elevate this and, and bring this up to your um, to your exec teams. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah. I, I'm hearing, we know that growth happens outside of the comfort zone, but that, you know, you've got to go there and you've mm-hmm. got to listen and then mm-hmm. opening that dialogue, dare to take it to the senior levels of, of the organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Time is running, but I have to ask you this question. Okay. What, what was the scariest thing for you as a leader when you started doing this inclusion initiative? The scariest thing? Well, there have been so many scary, scary things. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> But I think it's really interesting for us to talk about it because it's things that people don't talk about. And I, yeah. and I think it's really interesting to understand how you stepped over your fear yeah. on that. Yeah. So for me, part of the, the fear would be fear of when you're made aware of something, then making a mistake about it, fear of failing. <laughs> and what I've realized is, um, and this was related to the recommendations as well, is People don't expect perfection. People expect you to show up authentically and empathetically, kindly. And some of the most powerful words I have learned in this journey, this journey that's been very scary, mm-hmm. is I'm sorry and I'm still learning. And I think if we can all focus on saying more of I'm sorry and I'm still learning, that will help us continue to move forward as we become more inclusive leaders. Thank you. That's fabulous. I'm going to leave our listeners with with that. I'm sorry, and I'm still learning. Excellent. Gianna, thank you so much for coming and sharing your thoughts with us. Where, Where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do at Blue Vine or reach out to you? Sure. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn under Gianna Driver. And you're also welcome to go to our company site, www.bluevine.com. Excellent. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your opinion and rating. So it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk.